We're in for a treat today. My guest is my good friend, Jill Conrath. In addition to being a legendary expert when it comes to sales, in fact, Salesforce names her one of the seven most influential sales experts, and LinkedIn says she's the number one person to follow when it comes to B2B sales expertise. We're talking about her latest book, which is More Sales, Less Time. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes that suck time out of people's day. We're going to talk about the things that you can do to make yourself more productive. And we'll even talk about where taking breaks can make a big difference in your productivity. Jill is always actionable, and this is no exception. You're going to learn a ton from Jill Conrath. Jill Conrath, welcome back to the show. Oh, and I am so glad to be here again and again. You know what? And if I'm lucky, you'll come back again in the future. Probably make that happen. Yeah, all right. It's easy. You just got to ask. So I love the latest book, More Sales and Less Time. Before we dive into that, tell the audience something surprising they may not know about you. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, somebody recently dubbed me the fairy godmother of sales. Oh, I love that. And, and I'm going to own it. I love I, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand there with my wand and I'm going to tap salespeople left and right and help them be better at their job. I love, the, I love it. I feel like Glenda, the, you know, the nice witch. That's in, right. And, and occasionally, if you have to, you have the wand, you smack them in the head. But in most <laughs> cases, we're just we're just sprinkling fairy dust and helping them do better. That's right. Sometimes <laughs> I might turn them into a toad, you know, exactly. if, they're being, if they're being really bad. But exactly. mostly I'm just going to tap people and help them, you know, sparkle and, and be their best. <laughs> That's brilliant. So with more sales, less time, which I love the title because you look and, and who in sales wouldn't want that book? Yeah. Um, what, what are the biggest <laughs> mistakes that you see today's salespeople and sales leaders making that are just costing them time and costing them sales? Um, let me just give a personal story, and I think that might make things more real for people. Um, I was, before I wrote the book and before I immersed myself in the topic, I was exhausted. I was working morning to night. I'd get out of bed. And, and it'd be like the cell phone would be like glued to my hand within two seconds. You know, I'm checking to see if I get any more messages and this and that. And, and all day long, I'd be online and doing this and doing that. And at the end of the day, I'd never really leave work. I'd have my cell phone with me. I was just exhausted. And I, I, I had more to do at the end of the day than I had gotten done. Does that sound familiar at all? I'm sure everyone is raising their hand right now. It's like I was exhausted. I mean, I literally was exhausted. And here's the thing that really, really bothered me the absolute most. What I realized and felt inside me, because much of my work requires strategy and thinking and, you know, creativity. And, and I could actually feel the negative impact on my ability to come up with new approaches and new ways of dealing with challenging situations. I could feel the impact on my brain. And and it really bothered me because I, I was I was not as good as I had been before, and I could tell the difference. Um, so that's what hit me. And finally, you know, you know, I wrote my previous book. You know, was on how to get up to speed quickly and how to deal with today's crazy busy customers. And you know, earlier books. And every time I do something on selling to a crazy busy customer, people come up to me and say. Jill, that was so helpful. You know, that was snap selling. That was so yep. helpful. Yep. And it really works. 
And then they'd say, but I'm crazy busy too. What do you have for me? And I'd look, and I'd look at them with horror in my eyes and go, I have no idea. <laughs> drowning myself. And, and that's, you know, I heard that often enough and I was drowning myself and I finally said, you know, there has got to be a way to live differently and to work differently that doesn't leave me feeling like this. And so I spent like a year and a half immersed in understanding, you know, what was actually going on and what to do to get out of it. And the first thing that I really realized was that, that because I'm in sales, because I live in a digital environment, because I have to be online and in, you know, in apps and looking at LinkedIn and checking my email all the time, the number one issue that I was facing was distraction. Yeah. Constant distraction. Um, and it was causing me to be bad at everything. For example, I mean, some of the research, I'll just throw it out, but like one of the things I read was that the average email is, is responded to, not responded to, um, paid attention to within six seconds, tended to. So you are on your computer, you're on your cell phone, you see a new email comes in, what do you do? Within six seconds, 70% of all emails are checked out, you know, to see what to do with them, which interrupts your thinking. And you could be putting together a really good proposal, you know, or you could be thinking about your strategy for going after this account, but you stop to look at this stupid email that's a newsletter or that's, you know, a question from one of your colleagues, you stop. And what you don't realize is that you have a huge amount of restart time. Yeah, and multitasking is a myth. Oh, it's total myth. And and people don't realize that every time that they stop, it takes 10 to 20 times the length of the interruption to get your head back into what you were doing. So I stop, check out an email, maybe decide to reply to the email at that moment in time because it's a simple one and I can get it off my to-do list, which makes me feel good and gives me, you know, shots of dopamine so that I'm getting hooked into that cycle. But but it may take two minutes. Now, if it takes me 10 times that to get back in, it takes me 20, 20 minutes to get my head back to where it was, which means I'm not working at full speed. So you think of it, and we're living in a constant world of disruption where everything takes longer. And again, research shows it can take 20, 40, 60% longer to get work done if you allow yourself to be interrupted during that time because you can't multitask. You know, the brain doesn't switch tasks without, without um, putting pressure on it. It extends the length of everything. So understanding that that was the root cause of the real issue, because it wasn't a time management issue. I've been good at time management. It was a distraction issue first and foremost, that I was dealing with. So I have to imagine that as you're doing this research and looking into what sales reps are doing, what sales managers are doing, my question for you is how much of the distraction do you see actually being caused by the person's manager? Because there's sometimes in organizations where I see sales managers giving their teams tasks that have yes. nothing to do with productivity, nothing to do with results, but instead yes. distract them from the task at hand. What do you see there? Yeah, it, it's there. And, and I don't think that the, the sales leaders who are doing this understand the cognitive cost and the effect on productivity. They want, I mean, sales productivity is a huge issue. And everybody I know is talking about how do we increase sales productivity. They want to, and they're out there buying tools and spending a lot of money on, you know, apps that can help them cut some seconds here or increase this a little bit, you know. And they don't realize that the human aspect, I mean, you can, if you would work with your team, you can add, you know, one to two hours a day 
in productivity just by helping people learn how to work differently, how to manage their their distractions, number one, how to prevent themselves from being pulled away, and then how to set up their day so they get the maximum amount of work done. Instead, of everybody's looking for the silver bullet, and they're willing to pay tons of money for it. Yeah, so they're, they're willing to pay a small fortune for the silver bullet that probably doesn't exist, and there are probably specific things that they can do to pivot their thinking and to refocus their efforts to get yes. more done. So what are some of the steps that people can start to take to start moving in a better direction? Well, the first thing that I, I think everybody should be doing is turning off notifications um, and setting, turning off notifications on, on their cell phone for everything. I mean, I've been with people, business people who get notified when there's a rainstorm coming in you know, that there's lightning there and then they get an update on their, on the Olympic scores and they get this and they, I mean, their whole day is a bunch of, you know, bing, 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 you know, that they're constantly being distracted. And, and what that does is it makes us become a slave to the technology and, and allow us to be in distracted mode all the time. So the first thing that I strongly recommend is to turn off your notifications which has got to scare people. Now, of course, people are going to say, but I might miss something. So how do they compensate for that so they don't go totally crazy? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things I did, and, and my book is full of tons of experiments to try because I was the same way too. I mean, one of the things I did is, you know, I thought I have to have my email open because what if something important comes in? If they come back to me and say, let's go, Jill, send the contract right over. I mean, I want to be on it like just, you know, like that. Um, and I really had to stop and and test how it would be I mean so I mean like the first thing I did is I started maybe doing you know like I could check my email every 15 minutes you know I gave myself a time limit so okay it's 10 o'clock right now I'll check it you know I'm done here I'll check email 10 15 so I knew it was coming and that I have a chance and I and I started watching and how many emails that came in were really urgent and had to had to be responded to immediately and what I found for myself is I could easily go two hours See, I, by the way, I have this image of the first time you're doing this oh, with, an, with an analog clock in the second hand, oh. and you're sitting there, and at the end of a minute, you're like, all right, 14 to go. You're not getting anything done, but you're no. not checking email. <laughs> no, not checking email. But, I'm, but the, 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 you know, it's, it's like you're in withdrawal, and you really are in withdrawal because there's a huge amount of dopamine associated with this, which is a pleasure drug. And every time we check off something little, we get another shot of dopamine, you know. Because, oh, good, you deleted that email. Oh, good, you responded. You know, all these little things that don't, that don't matter so much. And we're not focusing on what really, truly does matter. So, but literally, the first thing we have to do is we have to control the distractions. I mean, I went through and did a ton of different things to control my distraction urges. I, I mean, I found apps that, that prevented me from going on. So, like, I, there's an app called Freedom, which I use, which literally I put on my cell phone and I put on my computer. And I said, you know, once I got rid of the um, notifications, you know, then I would say, well, I'm going to work half an hour uninterrupted. And with freedom, it won't let me go on any other site than what I'm working on. You know what I mean? So oh. if I'm doing a proposal, I can't check out LinkedIn, you know? You are so much more disciplined than I am. <laughs> you know, I'm not. It was horrible. But see, this is what we're constantly doing. And freedom is, is a tool that keeps me focused for the time that I set it. You know, I can set it for a specific time. I can set it to not go on certain sites and I can, you know, I, I can do that. The other thing I did is I, I actually, um, I, I used, uh, I can't remember the app right now, but it just, it, um, 
it showed me how I was using my time. And it was like, oh, God, it was pathetic. It was pathetic when I looked at my time. You know, and I just went, oh, my God, I have to do something. This is not workable. And this is why I have no free time in the evening. This is why I can't even think of anything fun to do in my life anymore because I'm exhausted because I'm always working because I can never get anything done. How much time did you find that, you know, when you're looking at salespeople, sales executives, how much of their time was wasted on opportunities they never should have started pursuing to begin with in terms of pursuing poorly qualified opportunities? Did you, do you have a sense of that? I don't have a sense of what, what, you know, percent it is, although I know it is rampant because people want to believe that there are opportunities and are afraid to ask the tough questions to weed things out. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's been in sales forever. You know, that hope, that hope that, you know, well, they said, you know, that next month, next month, they'd be ready, you know, but I think that's a job of a sales manager to help their salespeople weed things out. Um, because I think salespeople really want to look like their pipeline is full. They don't want to get in trouble. And the truth is, if you get rid of those things, you actually free yourself up to work on, on better potential opportunities and you have a much better chance of winning. I think that that's something that a lot of people overlook, which is, look, if you're chasing 10 weak opportunities, the 11th one that might actually be a good opportunity doesn't get sufficient attention and then you lose it and you wonder, well, this looked like a good deal. Well, the problem was you didn't impress the client that you were hyper-focused on their needs. No, because you you were trying to juggle too many things that were not of value. And I don't know, I think, you know, I think the reality is in sales, it's, there's a constant more button that we need more, 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 more prospects, more, more, you know, proposals, more calls, more this. And the reality of it is, I mean, what we really should be doing is freeing up people's time so that they can use that time to research their prospects, to dig in, to find out, you know, what they can really do to um, move things along, to create stronger value propositions, to help people put together a case for, you know, business case for making a change and then to take a look at, now, what do we need to do? Because most buying decisions involve multiple people. And again, we're talking strategy here. How do we get buy-in across multiple groups that may have competing interests within the organization. And that is a strategic thinking thing that you have to literally lock yourself up and, and put your head on and go, whoa, how am I going to do this? It's not something you can do in between emails. Yeah. You know, and the quality of our thinking today to me is like the most important asset we have. I mean, our products or services, you know, they're a dime a dozen, but the reality is it's the salesperson who makes the difference. So what can we do to help our salespeople be as sharp and invaluable and right on top of things as possible? And, and that, it, you know, if you go back to what are we talking about with time, it involves helping them free up time to do the things that really, truly matter. Yeah, it's interesting. And by the way, there's so many great strategies. You not only share in more sales, less time, but also thinking back to agile selling and the snap selling so many different yeah. pieces where what I always love is that your books, everything's always so actionable and it's not some, you know, bloated hype. It's, and here are the specific <laughs> things to do that yeah. generate results for top performers, which, which I absolutely love. It's interesting. I'm, I, I want to get your take on this. So Neen James, um, fellow author and speaker, when, when I had her on the podcast actually had a really interesting idea that, that, Sadly, I don't do it as much as I should, but Neen says, look, 
If all you do is on a post-it note, you write down three things that you have to accomplish today. Mm -hmm. And then each day you don't leave until you've accomplished those three things. She said, what you will find is that day one, at the very end of the day, you say, oh, I haven't done these. Day two, by noon. By day three, 10 a.m., you've already done the three things on the list. Because you know you have to get them done. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I would add on to what she's doing, I mean, I really think that that's important. And you can even say, what is the most important of all these three? What is the most important thing that needs to get done today? And, and, um, once you know what that is, your whole day should be set up around that. And, and you shouldn't, what, what people don't do. And I, and I didn't do this for a long, long time. My calendar was open except for the actual meetings and conversations that I had or the travel time. It was my, my Time that was not booked for anything else, you know, was open on my calendar. Sure. And what happens then if it's open is that you, you're mushy with your time. You know, you, you screw up and you get caught up in some minor details. But once I started taking saying these are the three things that, you know, this is what I really absolutely have to get done today. Like I have to write my newsletter, you know, and, I, and that, that, that takes usually about two hours. And I have to update my LinkedIn profile because I haven't done that, in, you know. But if I don't put them on my calendar, I don't get to them. And so time blocking is like one of the biggest things that salespeople can do to just block out time to do specific things like a from nine to 11 I am going to be researching the prospects I'm calling today because that makes me more proficient at researching I'm not bouncing here and there I'm going to do all my research and then I'm going to move to what I'm going to say when I plan my calls if I'm making outbound calls um but to literally block on your calendar each day that this is prospecting time or that this is I'm going to work on proposals Thursday afternoon from one to four because I've been piling them up and I'm just going to get going and do my proposals at the same time, you know, to, to really think about your time and put it on your calendar. So you know that now is the time to do that. That's, that's brilliant insight. I love it. Let's take a very quick break. So we get to share a little bit of information from our sponsor who are actually brilliant people. The top performing salespeople and leaders you're looking to hire for your team aren't looking for a job right now. They are totally content crushing their numbers for somebody else. The folks at Peak Sales Recruiting will identify those amazing candidates and help them understand why they'd be happier working for you than for somebody else. Visit PeakSalesRecruiting.com slash Ian to learn more. So now we're back with Jill. And so, Jill, so this idea of people scheduling out their time is something that I find valuable in my business that I that I discovered after reading your book and said, you know, that's a really smart idea. We're going to start doing that. And instead of saying, oh, I'm going to do this in the morning. And then what happens, I start piling on three other tasks, but I don't allocate enough time. It doesn't get done. And then I think to myself, well, I didn't do it. So it must not be that important as opposed to now it's, so I'm going to block out 90 minutes for this. I'm going to block out this two hour window to prepare for this keynote that I've got coming up or whatever it happens to be. And even try to block it into 15 or 20-minute segments, I find is incredibly valuable. So is that something that's a reasonable thing for salespeople to try and do? Yes, it really is. And I mean, I think anybody who is in sales, there are certain things that they really find hard to do and it's hard to get going and they put off and they put off. Um, You know, one of the techniques that I really found highly effective for me when I was involved in – Delaying everything was the Pomodoro technique, yep. which is the um, art of the fast start. I guess it, it really is. It's 
um, a technique that was pomodoro means tomato in Italian, and it was a ti- Italian timers were looked like tomatoes, and that's where this originated from. But it's literally setting the timer for uh, you know 25 minutes or 15 minute segments, and saying, okay, I'm going to work for this amount of time, and then I'm going to take a five minute break. I love it. By the way, and for people at home, it's this Pomodoro experiment is in chapter 16 of Jill's book. And I know that because as soon as you mentioned it, it's like, wait a minute, I tagged that because it made such an impact when I was reading it. So I loved it. it I love that technique because literally what happens is you're, you know, you've got this task, you know, you need to get done, you know, it, you know, it, you know, it, but ah, getting started or it's so complex, you know, you don't know where to start even, you know, or your body, when it knows that you're struggling, it goes into resistance mode, but it only is capable of staying in resistance mode for about three minutes. So if you can set the timer and turn everything else off and just focus on, you know, what you need to do. And, and at the end of the time, at, as soon as you pass a three minute mark, you kind of get your resistance starts going down and you start going, okay, I, I'm starting to get it. And you're getting into the task. And then when your timer goes off, you physically have to get up and, and to take a, a five-minute break because that literally refreshes your brain cells and you have to get up and move and not stare at your computer or check your email, you know, because that that sucks you back into the malaise again in the distraction mode. So get up, move. I sometimes, you know, do exercises. Sometimes I talk to somebody. Um, my pet, my cat, scratch my cat. You know, I do all sorts of things, but I come back refreshed and I set the timer for, you know, five minutes and I come back and dig right in. And yep. I get so much done when I'm working on pom- using the Pomodoro technique. You basically are giving yourself permission that says, look, you're going to work and then you get some time away from it. And then you come back and you're focused and you're basically conditioning your body. This is the time to work. The other time is the time to play. I mean, we, we have dogs in our house and guess what? The dogs know that, you know, when they're playing, they're playing, but when they're in the house, they're still dogs, but they're not going wild because they're thinking, all right, this is the time to relax before we play. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a magical thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's always impressive to me because you always come up with different approaches and techniques that really get into what makes top performers tick. You know, let me just say, too, I, I am my own best experiment, you know, and everything <laughs> I've written about is, is because I have encountered the problem itself. And I can't stand when I've got a sales problem something that impacts my ability to be successful. I can't stand it. And so I go in voraciously and, you know, study and experiment and try and look outside my own field to find out, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of time in neuroscience and cognitive science for this last book, but, you know, um, and I, and then I, that I have hypothesis and I test and try until I find things that work consistently. And to me, that's really what we need to do in our whole life. You know, we need to be an experimenter and a trier of all things. And, and if something's not working for us in sales, we need to step back and say, what is going on here? What do I need to learn? How do I need to change things up? What's working? What's not working? And how can I become the best that I can be? I love it. And I'm leaving it right there. So Joe, what's the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Because I will tell everyone here that it is time extremely well spent if you can learn from Joe Conrath. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? The best way is to go to my website, uh, jillconrath.com. I have 
tons, and I literally mean tons of free resources. I give everything away. It's part of my philosophy. And there's, you know, ebooks and um, audios and cheat sheets and all sorts of things. So people go download whatever they want, take it away, use it, have fun with it, get better. Absolutely brilliant. So, Jill, I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with us. And we will reference all the different resources you have in the show notes. And if I play my cards right, we'll have you back again in the future. All right. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Ian. Bye-bye. I'm sure this episode will spark quite a discussion in the Same Side Selling Academy. And just visit samesidesellingacademy.com if you're not already a part of it. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can use and apply to your business right away. First, recognize the cognitive cost of distractions. And as part of that, turn off your notifications so you're not a slave to technology. This doesn't mean that you can't check your device. It's just do it on a schedule. And to that end, have that idea of time blocking where you schedule everything you're going to do, not just looking at your calendar with open gaps of time that you might use. And focus each day on what's the number one most important thing to get done. And if you do that, you'll outperform most of your peers. Start with that experimental mindset of trying things out and seeing what works. Remember, this show gets the direction from you, the listener. If there's a guest you think I should have on the show or a topic I should cover, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. And I thank those of you who are taking the time to post a review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.